Improving inspection readiness or even preparing for a regulatory inspection can often be stressful for your internal teams. And that's why we recommend performing regular mock inspections so that you can identify areas for improvement and counter issues before the real inspection comes. In today's episode of the State of TMF, we'll be tackling all things mock inspections and even providing you with a step-by-step -step process that you can implement within your team. The State of TMF is officially in session, so let's get into it. got a really great uh, session planned today. We're going to talk about mock inspections, um, something that I know is talked about often in the industry, um, but more from a theoretical perspective. And so today we wanted to uh, really talk about some of the practical aspects of mock inspections and provide you guys with some tools that can be used to be able to actually plan your own mock inspections internally, um, depending on what the uh, the specific focus is or your, your goal and objective for the mock inspection. I'm joined by Christina Mancioro. So Christina was, uh, this is your second uh, podcast, yep. I think, with second us, right? already. Yeah. Second already. This is episode seven. So you're, you've are you already done two um, in the first batch, which is really, really cool. All focused on inspections. I know who you are, but maybe not everybody does. Maybe just give us a brief introduction to sort of you, your role at Montreal and, and sort of that level of experience. Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Christina Menzeros. Um, at Montreal, I'm the head of uh, clinical solutions strategy. I've been at Montreal for uh, five years now, going on six. And so uh, prior to that, I was working in uh, the CRO space as a project manager, uh, mainly in the therapeutic areas of cardiology um, and dermatology. Um, and so when I um, I heard of Montreal and sort of started looking to them, it really uh, helped to bring together my two passions, which are for the life sciences industry and then for technology. And so, uh, yeah, the rest is, is sort of uh, history. And we're super happy to have you here. Um, we took a bit of a break. I was off for a little bit. You've been off for a little bit. What have you been up to since the last time we saw you on the podcast? Well, I actually took uh, a little bit of vacation. We went on our first family vacation with a uh, baby. So I have an 18 month old and um, we decided to to brave, uh, you know, going on vacation with him. We took him on for his first plane ride and all of that. So that was really fun. Um, yeah. What about you, Oliver? I I got married uh, last week. That was that was my uh, that was my busy time. So I was I've been playing airport concierge and uh, chauffeur, bringing family back and forth, and then also getting married. So that was sort of my excuse for not turning up to the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. But I'm excited and thrilled to be back. So let's jump into the session. We got a whole bunch of people here joining us today. Lots of familiar faces. So it's also always great to 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 see you guys here. If you guys have questions, please ask those throughout. We'll try and tackle them as we see them. Or if we have time, we'll also tackle them at the end. So anything that's mock inspection related, throw them at us and we'll see what we can do as we go through. So as I mentioned in my kind of preamble, we're talking today about in, in, uh, mock inspections. Um, and so what we really want to do today is, is start by sort of talking about what mock inspections are, and I guess more importantly, what they are not. Um, and then we'll start to move into talking a little bit more about um, how you can start to plan those mock inspections yourself and what are some of the steps you might want to go through. Um, so if I think about what mock inspections are and ultimately what they're there and designed to achieve. A mock inspection is essentially a simulated regulatory inspection that you will do as an organization to prepare for the real thing. Now, it's not always the real thing, but that's the most common example. Maybe we've been notified that there's an inspection upcoming or we anticipate that there's an inspection upcoming. And so we want to simulate that experience to prepare ourselves, to prepare the team, to identify maybe some of those issues um, ahead of time, but it could also be an opportunity for you to just review your processes to understand specifically what might be going wrong or going right um, in, in the context of, uh, of your TMF process. So if we think about a mock inspection, the objective here is that we're really looking to identify weaknesses and areas of improvement, largely in three areas, in, the, in how we operate as a group, uh, the systems and tools that we use, and then, of course, our processes. 
And we really want to be looking at a mock inspection um, with an inspection readiness lens, obviously. And so we're going to be reviewing in detail things like documentation quality and completeness, procedural compliance, um, any electronic systems that we're using and the compliance tie um, to those systems, competence of the staff that we have, and of course, regulatory compliance. Lovely quote that I think we've used a thousand times at this point, but if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so these mock inspections give you the opportunity to plan and simulate a real inspection so that when the real thing does occur, you're that much more ready, your team is that much more ready, and you've been able to identify. Right, Christina, any thoughts there? Yeah, I, th I think for me that the key uh, point in this definition is really the simulation bit. And I'll probably sound like we probably both will sound like a broken record throughout this episode about when we, we say simulation, but it, it's because that's what differentiates this activity from other, you know, continuous improvement or monitoring activities that you or your team might be doing on a regular frequency. This is really about preparation for a real life inspection. And so the activity needs to resemble that as much as possible. Exactly. We're definitely going to say simulate a thousand times today, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. So now, when we think about mock inspections, often the question that arises is, well, what's the difference between a mock inspection and an internal audit? So, Christina, maybe walk us through, from your perspective, what's the difference in, in your opinion, in our opinion, in the difference between scope and, and objective and who's involved between a mock inspection and an internal audit? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Uh, I think it's really important to clarify the difference between these activities. Um, so again, the mock inspection, really about the simulation aspect of it all. Um, the scope is something that can be tailored in that you can um, select studies that will be part of the inspection and maybe even the areas of focus. So that's what's nice about a mock inspection is that if you know that there's some areas that you're not 100% sure about, you, know, you can sort of plan that with your mock inspector that they can uh, evaluate. Um, and the objective is being to simulate the inspection scenario and identify areas of improvement to ensure readiness for a real inspection by external uh, regulators or auditors. And then for who's involved, you know, in an ideal scenario, your mock inspection team would be someone you've partnered with to conduct this for you. Um, it's ideal because this is, um, this would be an independent, non-biased, you know, third party who will see things much more objectively uh, like a real inspector, right? So it's still possible to, to definitely possible to conduct a mock inspection using uh, resources from your internal team. It's just that this will help to um, sort of make it, make the, uh, everyone stay in character a little easier. Um, is on that note, you know, it's, it's, important for the mock inspector not to take their um, inspector hats on or off, right? So uh, to stay in character, that will be easier if it's a third party. Um, you'll still need involvement from QA, um, management, uh, subject matter experts, other operational staff, and obviously the people who are responsible for uh, records management. So and Christina, yeah, sorry, ahead. just to cut, to cut you off, but when we think about that sort of um, that potentially third party, but potentially also internal, um, if we don't have the ability to, to to work with you know someone who comes in from from an external team, who, what what's the best role for that mock inspector that who plays that role? What what characteristics should we be looking for in that individual? Is it someone that's intimately aware of how everything is working and very close to it, or is it something else? I, ideally, you know, the inspector is someone who should be familiar, but I wouldn't say intimately aware, probably someone who's familiar with your operations, uh, but not directly involved in them. So that's why it could very well be, you know, a, a, a QA, uh, a member of the QA team who is uh, obviously uh, overseeing, you know, the department managers and their processes, but not directly involved in carrying them out. Um, uh, or it could be an external consultant. And the goal is really just to have an objective and uh, an unbiased perspective. Right. And I guess, I guess an external, I guess the, the real benefit of having somebody external is also that they, they're really coming in with completely fresh eyes, no sort of bias or previous experience. Maybe, you know, when you want to try and get someone that maybe isn't directly involved, because then it's like, well, I, I 
I did that well, so I'm not going to review that. That's my work. I'm going to get somebody exactly. else to do it. I mean, right? that's the thing. I, I think that inherent bias is is easy to overlook, right? Like you you might you might think you're unbiased, but <laughs> uh, but that's the whole uh, the whole problem with it, right? So, yeah. So, what about internal audits? Like, what do we see the differences there? So, for internal audits, you know, it's it's really focused on um, so the, the scope is assessing the effectiveness, efficiency, and reliability of uh, internal operations and governance. And um, the objective is to provide an independent and objective evaluation of an organization an organization's compliance to their processes, systems. And controls. So this is uh, really looking at. Um, this is why it's typically carried out by. It could be carried out by internal QA teams. Is again, they're they're the ones who are overseeing um, the processes, but not actually involved in them. So that they can audit them to see that uh, how things are going and um, verify compliance. It can also be carried out by a third party, but um, often this is something that's that's done internally. Um, and uh, of course, you also have management involved in this. You have IT personnel, HR, and and other stakeholders, uh, depending on the nature and the scope uh, of the audit. And this is more, probably more of a quality focus than than sort of a broader mock inspection, perhaps. And and we're not necessarily simulating the actions that we would typically take in an in a real inspection, like kickoff meetings and closeout meetings and things like that. We might do, but we're mm-hmm. gonna try and, you know, with an internal audit, it's not going to be as simulated as an inspection. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Perfect. So yeah. if you guys have any questions about mock inspections or internal audits, like throw them in the chat, whatever, we'll try and jump into into that a little bit later. What I wanted to jump onto now was talking a little bit about why we do mock inspections, if it isn't clear for everybody. So the rationale behind conducting mock inspections, I think there's a couple key things that we tend to see and what we recommend. Um, the first is, is prep for your real inspections, right? Mock inspections mimic the procedures and the rigor of an actual regulatory inspection, right? So they provide an opportunity for organizations to gauge their readiness, to make adjustments before that real inspection actually occurs. It's also a really great way to identify areas for improvement. This could be something that maybe you don't have an upcoming inspection um, with a, a real regulatory agency, but you want to use a mock inspection as a tool to identify areas for improvement. So we can address weaknesses in, in operations or specific areas of compliance that we might want to go into in a bit more detail where, where if we didn't do a mock inspection, they might go unnoticed. It's going to help you find gaps um, in the way that you work today. So it's just a really great continuous improvement tool. The second, the third point is boost internal confidence. If you've got team members in your group that have never been through an inspection, a mock inspection is a really great way to kind of bring the nerves down and build confidence in that these individuals can actually navigate these these inspections. It reduces that kind of anxiety, the stress that might come from an inspection because they've already gone through that. They understand and they have confidence in in their in their in their system in their in their processes. They're able to perform much better. Uh, in a real inspection. Um, the, the, yeah, go ahead. Christina. Yeah, yeah, just to add on that point about um, boosting internal confidence, I think another another thing that a mock inspection uh, will give to your team is that I think it'll provide a bit more sensibility moving forward. Right? So they've been through a mock inspection and um, you know they've seen what the findings are and where the weaknesses are. And so when they're doing their daily activities, they'll they'll think back to that, right? And think, oh, I, I you know, I'm I'm doing something that we 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 went through, you know, a process for for a, a kappa. And so I, I think it'll just make them more aware of uh, of their activities day to day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the fourth point here is that it, it does demonstrate and show internally and externally a commitment to quality. So if we conduct these mock inspections, we're going to be demonstrating how we are looking to meet regulatory standards, foster a culture of quality and improve compliance. It sends that strong message to internal stakeholders, employees, and even regulators that we are going through these processes. The third and fourth is mitigate risk before an inspection. I think that's 
pretty obvious and of course improve staff training it can serve as a really practical training exercise for the teams that may go through inspections in the future but also for teams that may not go through an inspection in the future people that may not be involved in that team they're still going to be able to learn and understand what their expectations why are they doing what they do every day um well it's in service to making sure that we can pass and and, and comply with anything within a specific inspection so that's why we do inspections, Christina. But there are lots of there are lots of reasons to do things and not to do things. And like anything, there are pros and cons. What do you think? Maybe you could walk us through why you think there are some pros and cons to mock inspections. Yes, I mean, you know, we also want to present the realistic um, side of things. A mock inspection is not necessarily like something like, oh, I heard Oliver and Christina's podcast. I'm going to do a mock inspection <laughs> this week, you know? Um, so it's, it's like with any type of project, a mock inspection requires money, time, and effort. Um, engaging with a, a third party service, especially can be pricey. Um, alternatively, alternatively, even if you do it Internally, um, allocating internal resources as uh, your mock inspectors will be costly as well, right? Um, because you're, they're they're taking they're adding time uh, to to this activity, taking away time from their day to day. Um, you'll also need key members of your internal team to set time aside from from their day to day to work on the mock inspection. Um, and obviously, doing it properly takes a lot of effort in planning, conduct, and especially post-inspection. If you've never done a mock inspection, I mean, this is something that if you think about everything that needs to be done before the actual conduct, this is something that could take six to nine months of planning, right? We all know how things work in <laughs> in uh, the day-to-day -day and how long thing, things take, especially if it's not your, your main activity. So it, it's, it's a big investment. Um, but uh, in my opinion, um, you know, the pros outweigh the cons. It's a, it's an activity that will definitely show you a clear return on investment. Uh, we've talked already a lot about why we do mock inspections, but just at a, at a high level, you know, the the advantages are it'll give you the area, um, the understanding of where to focus on um, for improvement. Um, it'll provide invaluable training to employees on, ins on inspections and give your team that boost of confidence uh, for their in the inspection readiness state as a whole. Um, and most importantly, I should put like a big asterisk on this one, <laughs> um, but most importantly, it'll vastly reduce the, the risk of major findings if and when uh, a real inspection comes around or even worse, failing an inspection, which will ac actually cost you a great deal more uh, than the cost of an inspection, uh, so a mock inspection. Um, I love that. I think I think that, that that the last point is you know potentially understated, but I think it's something that is so so important. I would much rather walk into a real inspection knowing that I've done one or maybe two mock inspections prior to that and ironed out some of the kinks, fix some of the issues, or mm -hmm. at least just have a better understanding of of the story I'm going to tell in a real inspection, right? You get to kind of like run through it a couple times before you start to actually um, open the door, present what, what your team has been working on. So I think there are obviously lots and lots of benefits and we're certainly not trying to say that performing a mock inspection is easy and that you should just do it every week. It is a large undertaking, which we'll kind of walk through today, um, but it's something that's super, super valuable. There was a question that popped up as we were going through this, Christina, around the frequency of mock inspections. Yeah. What are your thoughts there on how often we should be doing these types of of, of activities? Yeah, it's it's an excellent time to to. I was I saw that question. It's a good time to answer that since we're on the 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 subject of pros and cons of conducting them. Um, it's really again uh, this answer sounds like you know, um, something we say all the time, but it depends on several factors, um, such as, you know, the, the complexity of your operations, um, the regulatory requirements, previous audit findings. Um, it depends on even the, the, you know, the types of studies that you're conducting. If you're conducting a study that is maybe, a, you know, a, a pivotal phase three, and you know that you're going to, maybe in a year's time, you might submit for market uh, application, it might be a good time to think about doing that, right? Because uh, you, you want to invest now to, to prevent uh, something going wrong later. And so, um, 
I mean, a general best, best practice is to conduct mock inspections annually. Uh, but again, if you, if you have a clear idea of uh, those sort of milestones, you know, that, that are coming up, you might want to do them uh, just before that. Yeah. I think annually, obviously, it, there's so many dependencies on whether you do it every year. I mean, if you're not running studies and you don't feel like there's a risk of inspection, then maybe it's not something you look at. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe you can, you know, some of the other things that we've talked about in previous podcasts, like you know, performing health checks, like these are these yeah. are things that you could potentially do more frequently, which is going to be a more sort of sp- uh, focused specific um, area of focus on on your TMF, on your process, on, on the way that your team works. And then you roll that into sort of a larger simulated mock inspection. Um, so you've got that sort of uh, continuous improvement over the course of a year, two years, three years, whatever it may be, but you're always focusing on continuous improvement, identifying areas that you can adjust, improve for the team, and then roll it into inspection, you know, potentially on an annual or biannual basis, depending on your needs. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Now that I said annually, I'm thinking that, you know, like thinking about how long things take, it it might be ambitious, but yeah, doing smaller checks more often uh, would be something that, uh, that makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that that sort of uh, pyramid of inspection readiness that we think about, mm-hmm. right? And you know, maybe your maybe your mock inspection is sort of the the thing that you do least frequently, but it's just, it's the thing that has the, the largest scope and the most intense, uh, most intensity. And then, you know, one step down, you start to think about things like, you know, potentially monthly or quarterly health, health checks where you're looking at a s- smaller subset of, of your TMF. Um, and then things like sort of oversight. And then we start to get into sort of QC processes, risk-based QC, those types of things in that pyramid of TMF quality. So lots yeah. to discuss there. So now what I'd like to do is actually give something to those that are that are listening and talk a little bit about the plan that we typically go through when it comes to mock inspections, the process that we typically follow. Now, we try to keep this process as general as possible because obviously like Christina mentioned there's a lot of different variability depending on your situation the the team that you have whether you're using an internal or uh, uh, external uh, mock inspector or you're working with a group some of these steps might change in sequence and some of them uh, you know there may be additional steps that you want to add um, but we've we really split this into three core phases uh, planning, execution, and remediation. Um, really, really important to go through each of these key phases. You don't need to call them the same as ours. They could be different. And of course, you could add adi- other additional phases as you see necessary. Um, but really, really important to at least cover these three key areas. In the planning phase where we're starting, it's imperative that we look at defining what we're trying to achieve with the mock inspection, right? Is it to prepare the team for an upcoming inspection or is it just to focus on a specific area of improvement that you're looking to highlight, right? Once we've defined our objectives, we're going to then use those objectives to define the scope of the inspection. Here, you're looking to define the boundaries of the mock inspection. You might be looking at specific departments, processes, or systems within your organization that need a closer review, a more detailed uh, review. You may also, at this point, want to decide whether you're going to simulate any involvement of a CRO or sites that you work with. How are you going to do that? Do you want to directly involve those stakeholders, or do you want to simulate that internally, assign that responsibility to internal team members? And if this mock inspection is actually designed to prepare for a real inspection from a health authority, you may want to consider um, what health authority you're trying to simulate, because maybe that inspection will be different depending on whether it's an FDA inspection you're looking to simulate, an MHRA, EMA, and so on. And then once this is all in place and we've identified the appropriate time frame for the inspection, and just a note, like give yourself some time to prepare. Um, we certainly don't recommend starting the planning process and then saying we're going to do a mock inspection in three weeks. Some of these things take a little bit longer and you need to make sure that you take that into consideration. Once we've identified the, the time frame, we want to start thinking about who's going to be involved. Right? What stakeholders do we have internally that we want to involve in this mock inspection? And I think what's really important here is that you should be striving for a really diverse group with a mix of knowledge and experience that matches the inspection scope that you've looked at. Right. So 
really trying to focus on who would be the best individuals within your organization that have knowledge of your processes and the way your team works, but also uh, can serve the scope of the, of the mock inspection itself. So if we are scoping this to a specific regulatory agency, who has experience internally with that regulatory agency, right? I think also at this point, it's important to start thinking about roles and responsibilities within the team. So who's going to assume certain roles? If we are simulating CRO and site involvement, who's going to play those roles? And what other roles are important um, to serve um, the, the, the mock inspection process? And then as we start to close out the planning phase, it's time for us to start building the plan for the inspection. So we'll start by looking at any of the re relevant regulatory guidelines and reports there are, for those that maybe aren't aware, there are lots of really great uh, inspection finding reports. The MHRA has a great one and a, a, a number of other regulatory agencies produce annual reports that describe the uh, findings that they are providing as part of these uh, part of the inspections that they're actually performing. Reviewing those can give you a really good understanding of what a real inspection might focus on. And that's the thing that you're trying to simulate. So that's something that I would definitely recommend looking at. And then you want to start looking at developing probably a series of checklists um, and, and informational sort of guidelines for the inspection team so that you can actually plan the execution of um, the, the mock inspection. Well, then to start, we'll prepare all of the necessary documentation, ensure that our team has all of the appropriate accesses, right? And maybe at this point, you might want to simulate something that you might do in a real inspection, like system training, perhaps. Um, and, and simulate the onboarding of an inspector in any tools that you might be going through. Um, this is something that I remember having a conversation at TMF week. There was a really great panel. And, you know, when I think it was uh, Claire Schenkel from, um, from Relay Therapeutics, um, we talked a little bit more about how when they performed their mock inspection, they actually simulated providing access to the inspector itself and identified so actually some IT issues that, that needed to be resolved. So those are things that you can catch ahead of time. It's, it's uh, I think just on that point, it's, it's really important um, to simulate that access because you, you, you know, if you're using um, someone who already has access, if it's someone doing it internally and already has access to the system, you might not think about the steps needed, you know, to, to get that access. Exactly. Um, and, and on that note of systems access, um, I think when you're defining the scope and, and preparing uh, their access to the systems, it's also important to ask yourself, do they have access to everything that they'll want to see through the systems at my organization, right? We know... Um, that there exists a lot of other sources of TMF relevant content, right? And so um, do some records or does some data live elsewhere uh, that I'll need to provide access to? And, and so ensuring that the scope is clear from, from the get-go is going to help to make sure that you're ready to arrange that, that sort of access. Yeah, it's a super good point. I think it's the last thing you want to to come up against in a real inspection is having those sort of technical issues or delays yeah. in being able to provide content, right? Um, and catching them ahead of time kind of just removes that awkwardness. And um, because those situations can be right, quite stressful, right? Christina, in a real inspection, like if we if we do have issues onboarding an inspector, that can give you stress from the first minute. Yeah. And that sets you off on, on the wrong foot. And of course, we can recover from that. But it's just nicer if we start the inspection in the right way. We've got all the right access. We've trained the inspector properly. And we know that you know from here on out, everything is in place to be able to run that as, as needed. But before I hand it over to you, Christina, I just want to say, obviously, as we wrap up this planning phase, it's super important to pull all of the different tools, checklists, documentation that you've that you've prepared for the inspection in an inspection plan. Um, this is something that you might already have internally. There are lots of examples online um, for, for preparing that. That's going to be something that you're going to want to share with the internal team that's going to be involved in the inspection, both those that are supporting it from your company side and those that are playing the role of the inspector itself. So Christina, maybe now, once we've completed the planning phase, what do we start to talk about when it comes to the execution, which is the real simulation part, right? 
Yeah, so the execution is really like those those couple of days that you have reserved that the inspector is either, um, you know, on site or conducting the 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 inspection, the mock inspection uh, remotely. Um, the first step to that is having you know, your kickoff meeting. So this is the meeting uh, that will essentially summarize everything that you've done in the planning phase, you know, the objective of the mock inspection, the scope, and the schedule for the next few days and really uh, gets everyone in in the same room either physically or, or virtually um, as as soon as the kickoff meeting is done the inspector will want to start the review of uh, study records um, they'll want to look at things like completeness consistency uh, good documentation practices uh, they'll be looking at document quality alcoa principles etc and they'll also be doing a lot of um, cross-referencing or cross-checks where they'll say, well, you know, they'll look at your list, potentially a list of sites participating in the study and make sure that you have all of the relevant documentation for the site personnel, et cetera. Um, that's the, the type of uh, re review they'll, they'll do at that point, um, which is very uh, study specific, records heavy. Uh, the next step is that they'll wanna then look at your processes. So your quality system, uh, as well as your study plans are something that's very important because it's what will determine to the inspector whether your employees are following the processes put in place uh, for study conduct in general, but also for uh, that study specifically. So looking at um, SOP, study specific SOP, study plans, et cetera, uh, and using this as their sort of guiding light in, in verification of compliance to, to those things. Um, by this time, once they, they've had a look at your um, documentation and, and your processes, they'll also wanna look at data and reports. So they've been rummaging through your systems. They've probably seen things like reporting and you know little dashboards or graphs and things like that. And that's very interesting to an inspector. Um, you'll probably want to, uh, during your planning, uh, sort of plan what they have access to, uh, but they will we'll wanna review this data metrics and some reports, obviously things like uh, completeness, quality, timeliness metrics, if that's available, uh, your audit trail reports, something that's, that's gonna be very important to an inspector. Um, so while you, when in the planning phase, it's important to think about how they'll gain access to that, you know, thinking about permission profiles, et cetera, and, and what you'll want them to see in your systems. So a couple of questions here, Christina, before you push forward. Yeah. I guess what you're saying, everybody is, is bought into it because there's a thousand questions that have just come in. So it's great. Um, so we've got a question here. Should mock inspectors have access to the TMF audit trail? Um, will regulatory auditors expect to have access to the audit trail? Christina, this is the one we get all the time. It's probably yes. not the answer that people would want to hear, but... <laughs> I was going to say, unfortunately, the answer is yes. They will they will want to have access to those things. Um, uh, I mean, an, an audit trail is, you know, we, we see it in, in all regulations, the necessity to have that uh, built in your system, but also to have a visualization for um, you know, people who who are uh, overseeing the your study, but also for inspectors. So um, yes, they will want access to the audit trail report. How you give them access um, is something that, uh, you know, they, maybe they'll accept an over the shoulder access or maybe they'll, they'll want to access it directly. But we are seeing that more and more inspectors want to see um, audit trail reports as well as uh, even uh, more detailed things like, um, you know, uh, actual activity, all activities, not just, you know, what's defined as a typical audit trail, but all activities that are happening happening on documents and data uh, in an ETMF. And I think that's also, as a note there, like it's obviously very dependent on the regulatory agency. So if you remember when we talked about you know, defining the scope for your your mock inspection. When you, if you're defining that scope in alignment with a specific regulatory body that that you may be inspected by in the future, like do some research on the guidelines that they that they've specifically produced. Look at some of the finding reports mm -hmm. that are available. That's going to help you understand how detailed they want to go into audit trails um, or what level of scrutiny they're going to put on that that specific area of your TMF. Like I don't think it's necessarily bad news, but maybe the bad news is that they they will they will want to see that. That is an expectation from all regulatory agencies. How detailed they want to go into that is generally going to be specific to to which agency that you're you're currently looking to simulate. Yeah, I actually see a question that sort of um, that uh, 
is along those lines. Someone asked what are, what are the inspectors looking at in system audit trails. And so, yeah, that's very specific to um, the regulatory agency. But like like I mentioned, in just listening in on different sessions and, and conferences uh, from inspectors, we, we do see that, you know, traditionally an audit trail has been, has been defined as uh, you know, a creation, modification, deletion of, of uh, events that happen on final records. We see that that definition is expanding a lot more now with the introduction of electronic systems, because obviously you can you can see a lot more and the, and the inspectors, some of them really do want to see a lot more. So uh, it'll depend on who is coming to inspect. And, and that's something that you can ask about, um, you know, from the get-go is what are their expectations related to audit trail and, and activity? Yeah. Perfect. A couple other questions before we move on. Does the process change much if it's the CRO performing the mock inspection on your behalf? I don't think so. I mean, in my opinion, I wouldn't say it changes all that much in terms of the process, but your involvement may change, right, Christina? Like that's that's typically what we might see there. Yeah, I mean, I think if a CRO, uh, there's definitely um, uh, a need for a CRO to, to conduct you know, mock inspections on their side, I, I, I do see that. And much like a sponsor would simulate uh, CRO or site involvement, the CRO can definitely simulate sponsor involvement as well. Uh, just to understand, you know, if, if you have an inspection at, at, at your organization, how will you get in touch with, or how will you have your, your relevant sponsor, you know, representatives available for that if need be. Um, so I, I don't think it changes the, the overall um, flow of things it'll just maybe you know be different parties involved yeah absolutely yeah. um for those of you that have asked if we have sample inspection plans or inspection checklists we didn't prepare some for today but let's see if we can work on something for you guys um maybe there's some things that we can share in the future christina i don't want to hold you up any longer let's uh, close <laughs> out the execution and then we'll jump on to remediation Sure. Um, uh, one of the important steps of execution is staff interviews. Probably one of the most stressful parts of execution <laughs> of an inspection. Um, if it's carried out much like a real inspection, you know, we want to make sure that everyone's comfortable and understands it's a mock inspection. But if we're doing it properly, right, you, you you'll like your uh, employees will, will feel that pressure. Things will get intense, uh, just like it does during during a, a real inspection. Um, and this this might be a bit of a, a generalization, but I was once was one of these at a CRO, so I feel like I'm allowed to say this. But for the <laughs> most part, the employees that know the most about your day-to-day -day operations, the ones that are in the trenches, are the ones that likely have the least experience when it comes to inspections. Okay, that's um, and. I mean, I and so I, I know that I would have needed a lot of coaching if I had gone through a mock inspection or an inspection. And so coaching and giving them the proper tools to feel comfortable during staff interviews will definitely help to put them at ease and, and prevent the slip ups. Right. Um, in this process, the, the mock inspector will call on SMEs to, to answer questions that would be anticipated during a real life inspection. Uh, it'll serve to verify the information that they obtain during the documentation and process review, and also to assess the readiness of the staff to handle the pressure of a real life inspection. Yeah. And to go back to your point about interviews, I think it kind of reminds me of like the the movies where everyone gets their story straight right before they get interviewed <laughs> and and not not that we're not that we're trying to to simulate create a, a story that didn't happen or, or or be untoward and hold things back but you know if we're all singing from the same hymn sheet and we're all saying the same thing and everybody understands actually what needs to be presented that is important right and so that's something that you should be thinking about in your preparation for those that may be potentially interviewed in a mock inspection or even a real inspection get everybody aligned. Obviously, we don't want to be misleading, but we want everyone to have the same story uh, and present the same story. Exactly. Um, as the, the mock inspection is being carried out, um, this is something that probably is done throughout the execution, but to take notes um, yourselves on the verbal issues and observations that have been communic communicated from the mock inspector uh, so that Maybe you could have some internal discussions before going to that uh, closing session, and so you're a little better prepared. Um, and finally, during the closing meeting, you know, the mock inspector should provide a summary of their findings and observations that might be considered non-compliant during a real inspection. Uh, at this point, they might take their inspector hat off and uh, provide some friendly feedback on how everything went, including you know, where the your strengths and, and weaknesses lie. 
Yeah, that's a, a, a huge one. I think those two things are important, right? Like if you think about the execution phase, they're bookended by, you know, formal kickoff and closing meetings. Mm-hmm. And yeah. th- this is really going to simulate what's going to happen in a real inspection. So it's super important that just because everybody knows everybody doesn't mean that you shouldn't perform those those meetings. It formalizes the process, gets everybody on the same page, and then okay, we're in a we're in a kind of quote unquote real inspection now, and we've got to you know act uh, as we should do if it was a true real inspection. All right, so let's move on to the remediation phase. And I think this is probably the one of the most important parts of performing a mock inspection because this is why we do it, right? Um, and so when we think about remediation, uh, it's really important to have that focus on continuous improvement, right? We're really using these mock inspections to improve our process. So like Christina said, once that mock inspector or mock inspectors have provided those specific findings from um, from the inspection itself in the closing meeting, we want to go through and review and document all of the findings, right? And it, I think one thing that's really, really important here is not only to highlight the areas for improvement, but also to highlight positive practices, you know, if we think back to an earlier discussion where we were talking about, you know, why do we do mock inspections? One of those reasons is we want to build confidence, right? And confidence is built when people feel like they did a good job, but they, they prepared properly. Um, and so I think it's important that when we're reviewing those findings that we highlight both the positive and the negative. Um Obviously, it goes without saying that we've got to make sure that all of those findings are well documented, um, including whatever you know, process or area that's been inspected, whatever issue was identified, and then any maybe initial kind of remediation measures, those sort of verbal discussions that have been uh, been had already. Then now we've got sort of all of the document, the, the, the findings documented, we want to start flagging any issues that you may require corrective actions, right? So we might want to discuss any potential remediations within the team, prior to initiating any formal CAPA processes, just a sort of dialogue. You know, this is this is something, you know, we're not in a real inspection anymore. We're going through the process of remediation. I think it's important to have open dialogue within the team and to talk about, you know, okay, these are the issues that we've identified. How are they connected to each other? Are there specific suggestions for how these could be remediated in the future? Any corrective or preventive actions that might be looked at? And then of course, once we've got a consensus and we have some good ideas, we're going to then start to plan and implement any necessary corrective actions to address those issues. Um, And of course, here we might be thinking about revising procedures, providing additional training, or even making structural changes to the way our team operates to be able to improve inspection readiness in the future. And then the final step is follow-up and uh, review of effectiveness. So here we want to think about how we conduct uh, an assessment of the effectiveness of any corrective actions that we initiated. And depending on any of the findings, you may want to conduct another mock inspection in the next period of time or a health check review of a specific area, right, Christina? Like those are some of the things that we might see there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think like one of the the things to keep in mind then for this entire process is that like the uh, post inspection, um, you know, the time and effort that you put post inspection is going to be a lot, right? I mean, you might think that after everything you've done to plan and conduct the inspection, you're like, Phew, that's done. It's a huge milestone, right, uh, that you've achieved, uh, but you didn't do it for you know there, you did it for a reason and that's to to find you know where you've you've identified where your gaps are and and how to correct them and so um, there's a lot of work left to do after for the kappas the, their respective reports and following up with the action owners will hold them accountable and complete those in a timely manner you know the the biggest uh, thing that that will come out of this is that you're you're implementing a change for the better right that's the 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 ultimate goal. Um, you want to be able to say that the steps that you've taken have not only corrected the problems, but also prevented future issues. Um, so that will, and all of this done in, in a kind of uh, safe environment, right before you're, you're actually getting uh, inspected by a regulatory authority for real. Exactly. This is not a step that you would want to rush. 
yeah. right? This is ultimately what we, why we've gone through this whole process is to be able to get the insights in this phase. Um, so it's super important to make sure that you take the necessary time to be able to actually correct any of those issues that you've identified, make those changes and, you know, obviously always have a focus on continuous improvement. I mean, this is a mock inspection is a continuous improvement exercise at its core. Um, always have that in mind as you're going through it. It can feel for some in the, you know, in the team that's involved in this mock inspection, it could feel at the end of it quite negative. Maybe there are lots of issues that have been found, but it's really, really important to, to view those as, as a positive thing. Finding these issues now is much better than someone else a regulator discovering them in a real inspection and it just helps us create that culture of continuous improvement internally yeah on on that note oliver i think i see a question that's on the similar um um similar thing of what you were just talking about which is what if our mock inspection reveals serious compliance issues right i mean that's what it's designed for right um <laughs> uh, ultimately obviously we want to try and we don't want it to be a disaster um, but it may be, and it may be, there may be a lot of things that we need to fix, but ultimately, you know, I think what, you know, what, it, what I would try and suggest to do is that when, before that mock inspection starts, brief everybody on why we're doing it, uh, talk to everybody about, you know, the, the potential outcomes. We may identify this, we may identify issues with this and it's okay. Um, mm -hmm. This is just a, an opportunity for us to be able to improve those things so that, you know, we are more inspection ready in the future. Yeah. All right, tons of questions. Really, really great engagement from the team here. Lots of questions about how um, you know, you know, audit trails and the level of focus of, a, of an inspector. Um, again, like these are all the questions that you you want to be trying to answer yourselves by reading some of the regulatory guidance, the reports that are available that are published by these different health authorities, because that's going to help you understand how you scope and define um, the objective and, and scope for the actual mock inspection itself. So as we start to wrap up today, um, just wanted to kind of maybe throw the ball to you, Christina, to talk a little bit about what best practices we really want people to take away from today when we're thinking about mock inspections. What are some of the things that you want people to leave, you know, today's session understanding? Yeah, so I think just as a, a high-level overview on, of what we discussed, these should be uh, kind of the takeaways from from uh, this episode. Uh, so the first one, clearly define your objectives right before uh, the mock inspection begins. Ensure that everyone is uh, is clear in the understanding of of what you're going to achieve. Um, is this you know, to train staff, test the new process, uh, prepare for potentially an upcoming regulatory inspection or knowing that your study is high risk for a regulatory inspection, uh, or simply to just identify areas of Im improvement. Um, of course, um, plan thoroughly. Uh, an effective mock inspection requires thorough planning, um, including setting the, the scope, assembling the team, uh, scheduling, and preparing all of the necessary uh, documentation. Um, the scope is super important, so ensure it's, it's well thought out. The inspection should cover the areas that are likely to be scrutinized during a real regulatory inspection. So again, remembering that it's as much as possible a, a simulation. Um, so including your, uh, things that would be reviewed um, such as documentation, processes, uh, systems, as well as personnel. Run your mock inspection as close as possible to the real thing. Uh, our, our, the last time we'll, we'll, we'll call this um, something that's <laughs> simulated, but yeah, but I mean, really like including, uh, make it formal, you know, do, do the formal opening and closing meetings, uh, question the staff and, uh, and look at um, your, uh, the documentation of the findings uh, afterwards. Uh, document everything. Yeah, we, we like to say if it's, if it's not documented, it didn't happen. So again, uh, document all the aspects of uh, the inspection, including what was reviewed, the findings, the recommended actions, uh, and any follow-up that is required. Um, this documentation is going to be crucial for, for implementing your improvements and, and also for future reference. Um, provide feedback to all the stakeholders, people who participated, maybe people who didn't. Um, the goal is not necessarily to appropriate any blame to anyone, uh, but to help everyone understand you know, where improvements can be made. And I think that this is something that is set you know, right from the get-go when defining your objectives. You're not looking to pinpoint you know, 
someone is doing something wrong, you're just looking to see where you, the, the change can, can be affected for, um, for the better. Uh, prompt action on findings. So act promptly on the findings of the mock inspection. Um, you know, this could include uh, things such as revising processes, providing additional training, uh, or making any other uh, necessary changes. Um, and follow up on the effect effectiveness of the action. So um, you want to keep checking in to see that the, the what was done is still valid and is still helping to prevent uh, you know, problems down the line. Ensure that uh, that it, it, this might involve um, reviewing changes, reassessing the processes, possibly tweaking them if things have changed, or even conducting another mock inspection. Um, and, and finally, stay focused on continuous improvement. So use what was done during the mock inspection as a learning opportunity, incorporate the lessons that were learned into your regular op operations uh, and inspection readiness activities and uh, ensure that you know, the, the benefit is, is clear to, to the team that this has been a, an activity uh, that will help to uh, just prepare everyone for a real life inspection. Love it. Well, there, there it is, guys. Yeah, really, really great session. I think it's good to sort of uh, uh, call it from here. Amazing questions from the audience. Thanks so much for throwing those in. I hope everybody enjoyed today's session. We're back in two weeks' time, again, focused on inspections, but uh, something a little different. So head over um, to our website to check out what's coming up next. Again, as a reminder, we have a State of TMF event every two weeks. Um, so you know you're going to get great content from our team bi-weekly. Um, if you want to join and interact with the community, we have a private LinkedIn community called the State of TMF Community on LinkedIn. You can head there. We post the decks, uh, the presentation decks from every session that we do. And of course, it's a great way to network mingle, ask questions to other uh, community members, um, and just sort of you know be a part of the be a part of the community. So, Christina, this has been a blast. I knew we would have fun. Um, so thanks so much for joining. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, something that I think is really really um, uh, you know, a hot topic, something that people always uh, ask about, but maybe, you know, today after listening, we'll have a better roadmap on how to, to complete these things. Of course, we talked a lot about external personnel and things like that that can help with these mock inspection processes. If you guys are looking to complete or perform a mock inspection in the future, but are looking for some advice or guidance or direct involvement, you know, feel free to reach out to Christina and I, and we'll be happy to point you to um, the, the next few resources. Um, you know, even if it's a case of just having a quick call with you guys and kind of walking you through our recommendations. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you on the next session in two weeks time. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of the State of TMF, the only podcast designed for trial master file professionals that meets on a bi-weekly basis. You can join our live event or listen to it afterwards on all of your favorite platforms, but make sure you share, like, and subscribe so you always get notified of the next episode coming. Thank you. Thank you.